put your name on it. Just put your name on it. That's all I say. Be a man or a woman. Put your name on it. It just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. They're just not going to want that. Run through a motherfucker face. Then you don't have to worry about them no more. Duff is back. It's about time, dude. It's been like two years since you've been on this podcast, you know? It's been a few. I think it's been more than two. And you told good jokes last time, but I think you weren't sure that your jokes were, I don't want to say worthy, but you seemed a little reluctant bringing those, kind of like corny jokes, but, you know, comedians like jokes. I got a lot of jokes. Well, I'd like to hear about it, potheads. You uh, got one now? Huh? You know, it's not a joke, is your book, uh, How to Be a Man, that I didn't even read the last three times you were on. I was late to that party. And I'm going to tell every listener, gentlemen especially, go get Duff's book, How to Be a Man. I've, I've read this. I travel with this book. I travel with Fighter's Mind, Sun Tzu, The Art of War, and How to Be a Man by you, Duff. It, it was... It, it didn't like... It didn't change my life. It changed my life. It didn't change my life, but it affirmed my life. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm on the right path. Because Duff just explained how to fucking behave like a person. How to take care of yourself. You know, mindfulness, awareness. What to do on the road. How to outrun depression. How to be... Yeah. How to be it, was, it was just so impressive, man. I was, and I felt really weird because I didn't really ask you any questions about it. But we were talking about punk rock and stuff. And I'm just, I'm proud of you. Like, you're so talented. It's such oh, a great, you. I travel with it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Know? You you're welcome. I, I really, pre- I mean, that's, that's a, such an honor. I, you know, uh, that book was about, I mean, writing is a, is a certain type of therapy for me. I, I had fallen upon this, this column for the Seattle Weekly in some time, like 2008, right? Suddenly I have a weekly column to be responsible for and um, and then once I started that, I, I got another column with Playboy. So I was having, had two columns a week. And then ESPN tapped me for that, that page two column thing they have. Something's got to go. So at no, some point, I'm like, you know, and, and I've become this observationalist because you have to think about what you're going to write about next week. Yeah. Um, when it got back down to just the weekly again, it was like, okay, this is, this is easy. But that's when I started writing my first book. And, and the reason I'm bringing all these columns up, not to, be, to say I'm cool and a great writer, it's just no, no. you get into this, I found that writing, I could truly express myself way better than I could in words, in a spoken word. And I was writing things for myself. Um, I went through, I've always had, since I was 17, I, I, it was my first panic attack. And I, I thought it was... There was LSD left in my system from like 14 years old, and then it finally I'd heard about acid flashbacks. I thought that's what my first panic attack was. This story's in the book, probably in the book, yeah. And you went to a show. 
No, no, that's when I did too much mushrooms. But oh, that's first, when you my, were actually tripping balls. <laughs> what was the show though? It, I went, it was Iggy. Yeah, it was Iggy. Yeah, I, oh, just Iggy. It was Iggy. Studentless. It wasn't Studentless. It was 1980. Iggy. So Brian James from the Damned was in the band. I think Ivan Crawl was in the band and the Sales Brothers. Um, that's a pretty. But I took too much. Too, no? too much. Uh, well, in Seattle, like you could walk home from school and pick mushrooms. Like we knew. By the time I was 15, I knew how to discern what a Liberty, liberty Cap mushroom was. Bless your heart. They grow everywhere there. So you would pick them. Usually you'd pick them, get them home, clean them, and then like, okay, what's the dose? Who's got that kind of time, Duff? Sometimes you just pick them and eat them. I and then wash them in front of my parents. i got to eat these now. You know, and I picked some and I ate some and I got home, I cleaned them out. Then I took my dose, forgetting that I ate some when I was picking them. Yeah. And I got way too high, and I saw trolls coming out of my heart. And so then I tried running, you know. I tried running. I saw Mount St. Helens blow up in front of That's my face. That's what freaked me out. You saw Mount St. Helens re-erupt. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, of course, when you run, it pumps your blood more. So I'm getting higher as I'm running. And, and uh, yeah, so a, a friend of mine picked me up because I had tickets. And I just like this sweaty ticket for the Iggy Pop show. I'm not going to miss it. And this friend, she picks me up. She goes, we're going to go to the show. And I'm like, I'm so fucking high. i I, I got to go to the hospital, I think. She goes, no, just... And she, she parked at the gas you gotta station. You got to go to church. Huh? You didn't have to go to the hospital. You had to go to church. Right. Go see Iggy. I got to go see Iggy. So we got to the show, and I'm so high. And then, and then at this point, another friend of mine came up and kind of just kind of grabbed my arm. And, and, and Iggy came on, and that I just watched him. And Iggy got me out of this... This bad mushroom trip. Then I walked home from the show box, which is like 10 miles, but I walked the rest of the high off. <clears throat> I don't know how we got into that. but No, because I, 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 I put you there. Yeah. But also, you said, and we're going to be like Lombard Street a lot in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, because I'll track it. And if I don't, we're still talking about your articles. But what's interesting about panic attacks, having had them, is that urge to run makes no sense whatsoever. Like, you can't breathe, so you're yeah. going to sprint. When yeah. I was on Saturday Night Live, 55th Street, it's like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. Like, and I, read, I ran to St. Mark's place. Oh, oh. I was like, I got I, I to gotta run. It's, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's so bizarre. But I do, if I get one, I do, I'll do push-ups or something. Now, I will do something, because push-ups to me are a, a, a movement of cleansing. I told, I couldn't agree you, you with you get more. It, right? And you do them all day, but too. No, but no, but when I don't, but it, but it reminds me of in, being in the dojo, right? Doing push-ups. So anything that can put put me back in the dojo, and back into my my and see my sensei's eyes, I'm safe. I'm cool. So so if I am having a panic attack, I I have them usually on, on planes. Is you still the, have them. the the door closes? Yeah, it, it's that, that vacuum moment. seal that. There's no out. Yeah. It's not, and when the plane takes off, I'm fine. It's just that... that the liminal time. That time when... You're the not door, coming, you're not going. Yeah. You're just, you're just doing nothing. It's my last trigger. I, um, that surprises me with you because you're... Like you were born a Buddhist, and, you know. And with the amount of mindfulness and meditation you did and the amount of martial arts, I would think you'd be able to... Sur- I mean, being sober and stuff... I have, we a, kind I have of, a system. We, we kind of have surrendering down. I do. I have my I have my crossword puzzle book. This is my thing. Me too. Okay. This is hilarious. That's why I'm smiling. I'm like, uh, I had that yesterday morning. Yeah. Make sure they're not too hard. 
Right. Because you don't want to get stuck because that's not going to do any, any good for your, for your panic attack. When in doubt, it's ought or uh, it's mel ought. When in doubt, it's mel ought. Let's do easy Mondays for the crossword puzzle. Yeah. Asp. Ought. All of that. <laughs> you know. What's the, you know, Yale and, and E-L-I, right? That's the most common Will Shorts crossword answer. Monday, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when they close the door, you get a little... I, 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 I can I don't want to put it out there that I, I do always, um, because that, that's just giving myself ammunition. Um, I did a trip. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I, I fly um, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've been flying with somebody recently, like with my wife or with... But I did, did a flight. We were over in Asia. I was tired. I did a flight from like um, uh, uh, Hong uh, Taipei to Hong Kong. Not a long flight. But I got on. I got on to Sacramento from here. It's no. It doesn't matter. Two hour. It's a two hour flight. Not not big. Yeah, I forget. Doesn't matter how long it is. It's just that closing the door thing and and, closing the door in another country too. The other country. It's a lot of languages. There's a lot of confusion. Chinese mostly. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. A lot of Chinese people with those goofy masks on. Just different different language things and 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 um, and Angie, who's our tour manager was sitting behind me and I told her I had to the thing is sometimes you got to tell people about your your thing I'm like I might have Absolutely. This, this panic attack yeah that I'm, I'm only telling you because don't freak out on me just bit, but if I turn around and, and say uh, just, just talk to me don't go oh my god are you freaking out just, just talk to me about the movie you saw last night talk to me about anything else but my panic attack but uh, that was the last time I really kind of. That was about. That was in last November, that my heart started racing. I didn't have a full blown heart attack, but I it was had it last year when Day and I flew to Boston and I did those gigs in Maine, Corey. Mm-hmm. We were in the air a while where I never get them, and I was listening to a meditation on my earphones, and I'm like, "Shut up already!" This guy was meditating. It's just like they're just like doing shout outs with body parts, like, "Be mindful of your toes," and I'm like. Another meditation. Yeah. Calves, knees, thighs, groin, hips. Like, I get it. Like, fucking do something. And I got, like, worked up. Oh, you did. And she's sound asleep. She's, like, this big. And I'm, like, I'm kind of bugging out. I had to go take, like, three dumps. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that saved me was I could get up. But when you're taking off, all you want to do, you specifically, Duff, when they close that door and they're, like, all right, keep your seatbelt. You want to just undo your seatbelt and fucking stand up. Take off your shirt. Yeah, all just of that. Just stand yeah. like before it all like goes to that. It's boil. true. You want to shed your. I mean, you, everything's constricting that, you. If you could just take off your seatbelt, stand yeah. up, and go. So uh, how long's this uh, flight? Like stand right. and they go four hours. You go. All right. You want cool. to sit down? Not yet. Okay, yeah. now I will because I said so. That's it. But you know the the, uh, the you know the air marshal's going to come and jump on you if you do anything like that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that go through your brain. Air marshal don't want no piece of Duff McKagan, pal. He's a new Chuck Norris. <laughs> but you know all these things, these un- irrational thoughts are going through your head. Yeah, it's the craziest. People yeah. say, "Well, I had anxiety." I'm like, "No, we're not talking about anxiety. Yeah. That's stimulus response. Yeah, panic is the relentless release." of life-saving levels of adrenaline and endorphins for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I remember taking a shower, looking at a towel, and going, that's uh, orange, oh my gosh. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's too bizarre. Yeah. So the articles that you did for ESPN, were they Seattle-centric? No, I, I kept it... Um, you know, they asked me to write for ESPN. I knew I'd get, like... Because ESPN, writing for, you know, this whole sports world, you write for a sports... 
Like, I'm a rock guy. So my first article for ESPN was, why the fuck is this guy writing for ESPN? Because I knew that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I did things like I was in the UK. I don't know much about the Premier League. So I would ride with the funniest people. You you got the Liverpool guy, somebody in, you know, in in, uh, Birmingham or somewhere in Wolverhampton gave me a hat, you know? Is that a real town? Yeah, 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 man. Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave me a hat. Like, it was cold. It was winter. And I wore it to the next city, which was Liverpool. Oh. And you don't do that. You, and Set tripping, they call dude, it. Dude, this is only, like, these, these towns are only, like, 45 minutes apart. But it's war. Like, uh, and uh, so I learned real quick, don't wear a Liverpool hat in Manchester. And don't wear, a, you know. And then you, I had this guy drive. I, I landed at Heathrow. And he drove me all the way up to uh, York. York, England, which is about a three and a half hour drive, which for England is a long way, right? Huh. And we've got a game on. The guy who's driving me is Scottish, it's Gla- Gla- Glaswegian, which is the, the you know, the, the, the uh, Glass- you, can't, you can't understand what you're saying. Glaswegian. Glass- I've never heard this before. This is great. The Glasgow. Okay. And, and this game's on, and it's a guy from like uh, the north of England, is the commentator. Can't understand what he's saying. And, and I'm trying to, like, what's he saying? Like, tell me, because I'm going to write an article on the premiership. And, and the Glaswegian guy's trying to, to uh, decipher to me what the guy on the radio is telling us about this game. And I can't understand any of it. It's amazing. Um, so I, I'll write, you know, I'll write. <laughs> it's great. It's like having a Portuguese guy explain to the Mexican guy what the Italian guy's saying. But, it's all pantalones, but it's all different. Right. And it's all English is, yeah, is the funny thing. That's so, too bizarre. So I'd write uh, articles like that about um, me, a, a guy, trying to get into the premiership. Yes, I would write about the Seahawks, and, and I would admittedly be Homer about a lot of articles I wrote. But I wrote about just friends of mine, like rocker guys who are into sports, like fully into uh, the Jets, you know, like a friend of mine's fully in the Jets. And what's what's the Perry, deal? Right? Perry, yeah. Perry Farrell. I was in. How I wrote an article about Perry Farrell, like I did. It was you, Perry, and um, Jerry Cantrell. Yeah, and I was like, this is the three most unlikely. Like I know you, I know your heart, and Perry's just like a unicorn. You explained it perfectly in the book, and and Cantrell's like pretty serious yeah. around me. Yeah, and I'm like. This doesn't seem like it's boiling out to be a good time. And then when Perry shows up at 7 a.m. with a bottle of wine, I'm like, all right, we're up and running. Yeah. There you go. Let me tell you about the Jets, man. They've never had a guard on the right side of the line. (laughs) He breaks it down back for like like, 35 years. And you're like getting this history lesson on the Jets. Like, oh, yeah, he's an old Jew. Just to be. It's like having an old Jewish cab driver. And, And Perry knows every last weird rule in the NFL that stuff I never even heard of and I watch the NFL every Sunday you know I, I'm I'm pretty I'm good I'm good on it I know enough about the NFL to be a, a, a average above no, average you're, fan. you're you're really knowledgeable like you know your stuff usually fans of like a team like I love the fucking Red Sox it's like hey who's the starting ace on the I don't know the Twins like I don't know I love the Red Sox it's like you know they played the Twins like 18 times but you know a lot about sports. and stuff. You kind of know a lot about everything. You're, you're sort of like Greg Proops, you know, the smartest man in the world podcast. You do know a lot. I'm not saying the, the trough is particularly deep on all these things. No, it's not. But you're, 
I didn't even mention your album yet, Tenderness. But you know, uh, uh, what? Just and to just stay in football for one Yeah, second. I just want so, to make sure I tie these together. That's tie it together. Okay, good. Because the album was going to be a book. Like it was only two years ago that I, like the rule where the ball touches the pylon. That's a touch. Some, no, no. Is it is it touch back? The other team gets it. It's oh, on a kick. On a kick or something. I don't understand like kick shit. I kickers. I said you put your fucking fancy little shoe. But Two I was different on the, shoes. I was on the phone with my friend. He was in Seattle. I was in L.A. Seahawks game was on. And my friend instantly goes, "Ah, oh, touchback!" I'm like, well, how do you know that's a <laughs> what? He goes, "Touchback." Yeah, yeah. We get the ball. What? I don't understand like that shit. Like with safeties, or like a field goal gets missed, you can take it to the house the other way. But if, if I recover it, I like I would just fake. I would just miss a field goal and dive on it for a touchdown. I would Something, make that right? Goal. I don't think there should be kickers. I think a positional player should have to kick. Like somebody that actually plays. Because you've got a lot more teams going for it on fourth and one at midfield. That's a good idea. And you got some Australian punter out there fucking yeah. one Adidas and one L.A. gear sneaker. <laughs> and then, you, well, they're part of the team. Really? When, it got, when it's one like on one. Like an 80s L.A. gear sneaker? Come on. What are you That'd talking? be great. I could have Walter Payton ruse. Yeah, R O O S Bill Zepper. I know what's up. Yeah. If you think kickers are athletes, watch the next time a kick returns a breakaway and the kicker's the last guy there. Watch John Akowski. It's like, it's like electrocuting year. a child in a shopping cart. Like, like ah! They just spaz out. Like, ah! Except Janikowski's a house, yeah. He's a mean dude. He's good. No, 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 no. He stepped right out of the way. He's, yeah, it's called a, as Deion Sanders would say, business decision. It, that's what he said. It was a business decision. Um, yeah, we lost the game, though. You're. Yeah. <laughs> we, we lost the game. Do you understand that? How scary is it to perform not standing behind a bass? Because in Tenderness, I didn't hear any bass. In the song Tenderness, yeah. I didn't really hear a bass line. Yeah, no. Um, it's like a torch th- There song. is bass on there. I, uh, for this record I made, I, so... The album's I, called Tenderness. Go buy it. It comes out May 30... No, March 31st? May April. 31st. Where are we? What day is it? It's already past March 31st. How old am I? Yeah, exactly. Did they close the airplane door? I'm fucking freaking out. <laughs> Somebody's sitting on my chest, man. No, no, no. You can get right out that door. What's, all right. Yeah, but it's cold out there. It's 60 below. Uh, May 31st. Yeah. Tenderness comes out. And this is Duff. You know, his second, second solo album? You did it's, one it way is, back. I did, I did a solo record, a proper one, yeah, back in 93. I've made three loaded records where I play guitar and sing. So it, it's not completely alien to me to be doing what I'm doing right now. Right, but there's a band. You toured with a band, right? Yes, yeah, so this I will you also... like the Jay Mascus and you went out as... Yeah, loaded was yeah. a band. Yeah, like Jay Mascus. There you yeah. go. Except he's Jay Mascus. Well, yeah, but he goes out as Dinosaur Jr. But it's right, like Wolf Mother, whatever that kid's name is. Oh yeah, worst episode Andrew. ever. Andrew, just yeah, right, right, Andrew. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's talented as hell. Yeah. So this is the third solo, including the loaded ones. How you said something so fascinating, and that is, at first it was going to be a book. Yeah. But you can better express yourself through your writing, and. You said two like incongruous things, but I understood how it tracks because when you're doing the album and making the music, you're actively writing. It's just in a different medium. And the songs, the lyrics for for this, the whole record, Tenderness, um, were startings of, of chapters. So I'll often just write a paragraph and that'll get me started on an idea. When I'm writing columns or even my books that I've written, I didn't write either book that I've written. I didn't 
set out to write a book. That's too much of an of a, of a undertaking. I think of it as columns. I'm going to write. Oh. Today, I'm going to write 4,000 words. And that's what I'm going to write. I'm going to write 4,000 words. I'm on a plane flight from L.A. to London. I'm going to bang out 4,000 words. You better. Jesus, that's long. It's long, right? I have no idea about word counts. I don't know what 4,000 words is. It's on your word. It's at the bottom. Like, that, that, it's like martial arts. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump rope for three minutes. I'm going to do, you know, 30 push-ups, jump rope for 30 minutes. You know, I'm going to do bag work. I'm going to do jab bag, three minutes. I'm going to do combination bag, three minutes. I'm going to go to the... You're fucking firing me up. You know what I mean? I'm not joking. So I'm going to go to the gap bag for three minutes. Yeah. I'm going to go do the my thing. It's a bro. Yeah. Body bag, three minutes. So, so I, I think of word count is like that. That's my bag work and my jumping rope and stuff. That's interesting because I go by the story I want told. Like when I wrote the Saturday Night Live book, I'm like, man, Farley took a shit out my window and I never wrote about that. I never told anybody. So that was like the story. And then, like, when you hold a marker down on paper, yeah. the circle gets wider and wider. So I got the dot. That's the Farley story. But the more I'm writing about it, I'm like, oh, then he chased us around with shit on his hands. And then I ran home, and I separated my, Like, it just gets, it just becomes like this oh. carnival from that one dot. But what you're saying is the column idea is really interesting to me. Like, that, I, I like this process. This is cool. It's I amazing. will write a, in, that, in that quote-unquote column I write. I write about one specific thing. And right. I'm, I'll get it. I'll get an idea around how I want to word that thing and, and describe it. And usually, it just comes out naturally in that first instinct, like writing a song on those first three chords. Don't try to add a bunch of stuff to it. Those first three chords you write are the are the truth, right? That's what you wanted to get out. Um, on this this tour we did with Guns, this was a two and a half year. You were Guns and Roses stuff. Guns and Roses yes, group, dumb yes. Guy. But but and it, and it's not about Guns and Roses. So that that's all killer. And this the tour we did was was amazing. And I think the like um, intellectual sobriety or I don't know what the, that I had on that tour. Like I was back with my the guys that I came oh, up yeah. with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I was at ease. I was at uh, uh, I was at ease. And 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 I do travel. I do a bunch of things on the road when I when I go out as we talked about earlier and I go out and see nerdy tourist stuff and I read a lot of history I've been reading history since a ton since I got sober so for 25 years I read three sides of one story you know I read about about, uh, uh, D-Day invasion from uh, Stephen Ambrose uh, Easy Company from their viewpoint right then I'll read the uh, the journalist who the German guy who was embedded with the kids who were there at D-Day and they see these forces coming and they roll back all the way to Berlin from the German side, embedded journalist, right? So you got to read, I think any story, you got to read a few different sides of it. Yeah. Uh, I just read um, Killer Angels. Um, do you know this book? I've Civil heard War. Of it. It's, it goes back yeah, and forth. I read, duh, I read it. Yeah. Okay. So sure. it goes, goes from like, Lee and Longstreet, then it goes to Hancock and Chamberlain. It goes back and forth. And Gods and Generals is great, too. Cause Gods and Generals. It's only great. four generals, two from the north, two yeah. from the south. Yeah. That, you see, Corey, like how bizarre, <laughs> similar. Or I feel so much better about how I travel now, aside from not being able to get out of bed to come home. So you got you took the four a.m. flight because I knew if I had a nine a.m. flight, I'd still be laying in fucking Ridgefield, right. Connecticut, flicking blueberries from my pancakes out of my chest hair, watching Sports Center for the third Endless time. Endless pancakes. Carlos Delgado, Delgado. They'd be watching on a loop. 
love it. I love it. It makes me so happy. You too, right? <laughs> it does. Nothing will ever beat Dan Patrick. Um, Gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you so, want so, to write so, a, so instead I'm, of a book, I'm on this. I'm on this. This long. Uh, tour right and, and, it, and we start the tour oh, we start yeah. rehearsing in January of 2016 and we're rehearsing I'm going home every night and watching the three cable news networks and I'm I'm going crazy and I can't wait to. it's like soap operas you're getting home and then you see you recognize oh like CNN's got they bring in a panel on every time now and they're yelling people are yeah. yelling over each other that must be some formula that people stick to because they yeah. It's, like it's really annoying to watch. Yeah, like the ESPN, they got two experts. The fatal flaws, if you agree with one of them, then the other guy's not an expert. Right, right, right. Like, I think the Seahawks go O-line first round. Like, no, I disagree. Well, one of you is not an expert. But the ESPN show where they got the, you know, the four uh, writers, sports writers, and they'll just yeah. mute the guy if he's like, you're, you're not. They should <laughs> have that dream job. <laughs> and you, Fox News, nobody disagrees because it's just a company line. They're all just nodding their heads like, right? So I, I'm watching all three of these things. I'm, going, I'm looking at Twitter because I fo- start following some you know, people that I'm seeing on there. And I, and I notice myself getting really... We're talking about it at rehearsal. Like it's consuming me. We, we start this U.S. tour. Guns N' Roses talking about politics from television that before in rehearsal? Yeah. You guys are fucking old. But it's, talk it's about like, like whose coke is this and who is she? Yeah, yeah, no, no, because it, <laughs> no, it was just, such an important time. Like yeah. it, it that took precedent over all of that stuff. And um, we went out and did the American tour. I was still watching the news and doing all this stuff. And then we went to South America. Um, during this time, I am being an observationalist. I am, I'm not so into it that I, I'm not thinking. I'm going to write some things about this right now while it's happening. Just write little things. This is going to be a, a great chapter. Of, this will be a great column of my observations on this. Just everybody you're, going crazy on the news. You are thinking about that. I'm thinking about okay, it. Okay, yeah. But we go to South America to do a, about a month down there. Suddenly you don't have the three news channels. And I, I made this conscious decision not to look at Twitter. I would post something from Soundcheck. Soundcheck, Sao Paulo. Not look. Just... Post up, you know, keep engaged with the people that have followed me. I'm giving cool pictures, you know. You're a good Twitter follower, man. Right. So, um, but I, I, I stopped looking at it. And it's like quitting the, smoking. It's amazing. Yeah. And you don't really stop looking. It's amazing. Well, and I would go out and see my thing, my tourist stuff. And, I, and what happens, you start, you talk to people when you go out and see tourist stuff, yeah. which I love to do. Love to talk to people. You go and eat eat at some place, uh, at, you know, outside of town, and there's people there, nice, and you're talking to them. They don't even know you're in a band, you know, like you're just there. So uh, I I got back to the states and I stopped. I kept not watching the news, and I kept going out and doing my nerdy things. I went to Monticello. I went to the World War One Museum. We were weren't even playing Kansas City. I went from Denver to Little Rock. Took a day off in Kansas City just to go to the World War One Museum. We didn't play Billings, Montana. We played Minneapolis on, to go to Denver. I stopped in Billings and went to uh, Little Bighorn, Custer's Last Stand. Did these kinds of things all I the love time. That stuff. All the time. And what happens when you go off the beaten track on a rock tour is you go to towns where people, you're not playing there. So they're not like, hey, there's a, there's a guy who's playing the stadium. People don't know who you are. 
you can do regular stuff and talk to people. And this divide that they were talking about, I started to discover, just from talking to people, just really wasn't there. And, and I had more in common with everybody I spoke to than I had that, that separated us. And I started thinking about <clears throat> America. And, and I read so much damn history. And I've seen things like this happen before. If you read history, you read about them. You read about um, uh, Jackson, the guy who came in after Lincoln, right? And uh, started spouting, spouting off all this. Impeached? John, Johnson, I'm sorry, Johnson. Andrew Johnson, yeah. Johnson. Um, Not old hickory. I mean, but the difference then you had an outraged Senate. This is 150 years ago, but this guy was spouting off racist stuff and all this yeah. crap. And, and the Senate said, they cited some you know, little article in the, in, the, in the, and said, you're out. They impeached yeah. him. You, you're dividing our country. This is, we, like this we just got, by the way, we also just got to have a civil war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we just got done. So you're out. 500,000 dead Americans. And now you're going to stir shit up again. You got to go. Yeah, yeah you're going to st- try to divide us even further. And so the Senate, the difference was you had an outraged Senate at that point, bipartisan. They just, you're out. There's like no coverage of it. It's fascinating. They just handled their shit. They handled it. Um, but but wow. I'm not trying to... So I don't even think about like the current administration because I'm just I read so much history that I know like this will pass to give give some knuckleheads. Yeah, of course it'll pass. It's called yeah. term limits, but also I don't think people realize how little the commander in chief affects your day to day life unless you have a military job. Or I don't know. But it makes great news, and everybody watches it. It sells ads. News and, in quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's news in quotes. Like we have an actual lunatic. Whether you love him or hate him, even if you love the guy, you got to go. Yeah, he did say grab my pussy. Like they love it and all that. Like it's fucking insane. Yeah, but it's but, but we are. No one's walking around like, oh, I got this limp because of who's president. That's why I'm limping. Or like, no, like no one's bottom line is affected. Indeed. If Senate didn't show up for a calendar year, nothing would fucking change. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. It's like, it's like a pollu- it's like a slow polluted river. You just stare at it; it doesn't really move. You're like, oh, that fucking bag from Vaughn's is still in the river where I left it. Like, but it's, it's become just, our soap opera. Yeah, but but, but we have so worked up over it. Like you said, it's fascinating, and it's more div- divisive than than like uh, uh, Seahawks 49ers game, you know. Nobody it's, cares about the 49ers. But, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but, you know, it's more divisive than like, like I can go to a game, a Seahawks game in Pittsburgh. And, I, you know, I'm not going to get my ass kicked. You know, usually it's going to be a guy like uh, you start talking about football, you know. And, and uh, I, 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 but I noticed uh, anyhow on, the, on this, if you watch the news, you think we're, we're in serious, serious trouble. If you go out like I did and, and, talk to people and know history beforehand know like the previous history of this region i know the history of the custer's last stand i was really happy to see the the park ranger who gave a lecture there it's great i went out and did saw all the stuff and then i went oh they're gonna have a lecture at 3 30 let's go and like uh that. park ranger was from new orleans he was a professor at some school he came up for the summer and this is what he loves to do and he gave this the real story it's like you know the sioux were being chased back into this corner and they came in to kill the, the, the women and children of this village down there. And it's all in Iron Maiden songs. Come on, people. Right, right. It's, it's all out there. in the hills. Yeah. And, um, this is great. I but love the representation this. Of, by the U.S. Park Ranger. I love this. Was 
so representative of the real story. And, um, and I, was, I would go around and, and go to Europe, and we played in Europe, and things are going down in Europe, too. You know, you go to Italy, and there's this, this far-right thing, and people are getting asked up. And, and I was in France during those elections where they had the far-right, and people are getting asked up. Brexit, and, all that business. And, and, and not to mention Brexit. And we played a, a city in, in, in Poland that, like a, four weeks before, there was a gathering of 100,000 Nazis. 100,000. I'm going, okay, I just went to Auschwitz. Some of you guys are fucking making this shit up. You're not Nazis. You just like the way they dress. It's just something, you know, it's a little gang. It's a club, you know. Yeah. You're mods. They're mods. And, you know, there's immigration things and people, you know, there's there's, there's some, there's things going on. And and I I don't go into a different country and pretend I know everything about the country. I just sit and observe and and respect the culture. But I do know, like, we've gone and played Muslim countries, and I see... Women with full headdress, with devil horns, rocking the fuck out to us. And, and I'm, if I'm in any bubble at all, Jay, it's that we got to go play these huge places. Nobody asks who you vote for before you come in and see us play. Nobody gives. People are getting are going there to escape. And right. I've seen every stripe and color come to our to our shows, and in unison, rock out for three hours. And people crying and people like, what's your story? You know, I met a, a man and his nine-year-old daughter and I saw them come to like, they stood right in front of me and they came to one gig and the girl was so cute on his shoulders and I gave her a guitar pick and like one of my wristbands because I'm a sucker for kids in the front row. And next night we played, two nights later, there they were again. Wait and and they this would kid collects wristbands and no, picks. but on Sweet Child of Mine they would both cry. The dad and, the, and I'd the, probably cry if I saw you guys live and some of those songs kicked on. I I would absolutely lose my shit. But by the seventh show in a row that I see them there, I'm going, how are they doing this? And why? I mean, we're traveling. They they've got to travel. And my Where wife, are we this now? This is in America. Okay. And um, so my wife and I are in New Orleans. We're going to go do the carriage. You know, thing where they give you the tour of New Orleans yeah. and, the, it's and a then great we're, city to have a tour, man. Right, and That's then we went. Up. We went down to Captain, what's his name, and went on his boat and saw alligators later, the, like the next day. Um, but we're walking down the street in New Orleans, my wife and I, and um, there's the guy and the, and his little girl walking down the street, and they walk around. They don't want to bother. You know, they see it's a day off, and they don't want to like come up and freak out. They were being and I and I said, hey, hey. You guys come here. Like, I see you every night. We've been playing for this last month. You're right in front. And, and she had all my, the little girl had like oh. six wristbands on and a headband. And, wow. and uh, I think she's gotten parents. She had, she's carrying all her stuff, drumsticks. She got it all with her. And I said, what's your, you that know, what's your piggyback? <laughs> but, but I said, you found what, him. What's, what's, what's your story? Like, what's, you guys always, and, 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 the, the the girl's mom passed away, and the guy's wife, who obviously loved, and it's "Sweet Child of Mine" was their song, as a family. And he, the the man said, "I don't, I didn't know what to do with her, with my daughter. I didn't know what to do. But you guys were coming to town to play, and we, I just took her, and we got ourselves up front, and we stayed there, and then our song came on, and 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 I didn't know what to do with her the next day, so I just." found a way to go to your next show and we travel this is what we're doing to to stave away our heartbreak 
Wow. And I'm like, and so when you think you're the most interesting person in that room that you're playing, that fucking stadium, you're going to be wrong 100% of the time. And so I think about all the people we're playing for and their stories, like what was their story to get here? That's just one of many great stories I've heard of, of fans. Wow. And, and, that's, and that's pretty singular to rock and roll. Because as a comic, they're from the town I'm in, and it's the comedian they like is intense. It, it's so much more binary is not the right word. It's just so much more mono, and you're much more stereo like people. Like you go to fucking Brazil, Japan. Yeah. They don't know any English, but they're singing rock. Kuala Lumpur, Jakarta. Yeah. And it's South like, Africa. It's fascinating. Dubai, to me. Uh, Middle East. You know, uh, Kuala Lumpur. You know. Uh, so you guys rehearsed uh, 2016. How? This doesn't really interest me, so it's not where I'm going. Okay. It's got to be a little awkward, but you really covered this also in the book. It's not what you're here to promote. You're here to promote Tenderness, the album, which everybody's right. going to buy because it's I'll get great. there. I'm getting us there. I am no, getting no, us I, there. Th- there's no room for improvement here, Duff. Trust me. This yeah. is, I'm so happy you're telling these stories. When you guys are all getting in the room for the first time, it's like boxers kind of feeling each other out. and Maybe somebody's the same. Somebody's like, oh, he's much more easier to get along with. But then once the music kicks in, there's no room for that shit when it's live. It's almost like between the songs, I would imagine, is where the anxiety would lay. Because when you're just riffing like you so easy, whatever, name the song. It's like everything's fine. We we always communicate the best through music, not through words. And music is a language that you speak to each other. And and uh, so once we started playing, um, that started a, a really great communicate word communication uh, process for us. That well, you know why though? Because you had a very specific tablet to talk <coughs> about. Yeah, like. Is this go to? Do we go to minor here? It's not like, hey man, what did you mean when you said uh, it was about yeah. the play? You know? Yeah, but we, it, it, sure. There's a lot of that, but we, we nice then we traveled right a lot. Thanks for let me off the hook on that. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean? We, we don't we don't talk about minors and majors, by the way. I know. <laughs> we we got, I didn't know any music. I sound like Chris Berman, and that's what they talk about <laughs> when they're on the road. We'll be back with more <laughs> whoop blitz after the game here. Um, I've done that in a long time. Fuck we man. we got this this uh, amazing uh, woman Melissa Reese in the in the band, amazing musician. She sings. She's like an opera singer, a jazz singer, but and and sings backups for us and plays keys. And nice. she came in to start rehearsing with us. She, she's younger. She didn't know like these songs like Coma. This like fifteen minute long song about suicide. You know, it's yeah. super deep. We go into this long outro, and she's like, you guys, and she knows music theory and all this stuff that we never learned. We just play, you know, what feels right, and we know what sounds shitty and what doesn't sound shitty. And that's the music school we went to. And she's like, you guys, man, it's brilliant. You go into the circle of fifths all throughout the ending. All right, lady. we're, We're like... What does that mean? Go back to Topanga Canyon and shave. You know, she's so, great. She goes... And, and not her. Other yeah. people. She, and she said... And it's even... What's even more radical? Well, you guys, you guys don't know what the Circle of Fifths is. 
but but you just know what it sounds like. You probably feel good though when she says something like that. Like yeah, we don't know what the circle. Of... No, but you're gonna get me thinking about it. Like okay, the fifth note of that chord we're gonna go to on the next Stop, time around. Wrong. Stop thinking. Yeah, right. Totally. What song? What song was hardest not relearn because I don't think you had to relearn it but like what's, it's in there are there any songs where you're like why did I make this so complicated maybe I could be like Keith and just play only five strings <laughs> play everything open was there any song where you went I went out of my way to make this a tough bass line or to show off or something no show, no you know what I mean by show off yeah yeah no like for other bassists you know we came up at a time that band was built at a time when um, we really discovered how to to, to write songs and that's all we did we rehearsed twice a day that band we worked really hard and you, you had Jane's Addiction playing across the street you had you had uh, the, the bands that we got to see was a, was a really great time to, to watch bands who didn't overplay and who didn't underplay who were playing things just right like who? Jane's was a great, great I mean their rhythm section Stephen oh Adler and I would go watch Jane's just to watch uh, Stephen and Eric play. You know, they were great band. We just watched. Perry's how- enough for everybody, and everybody else can. Ju- and Navarro was in the corner with his hair in his eyes. Yeah, he's kind of uh, like Slash that way, I guess. I mean, there was a lot of we. What I'm trying to say is, we did a good job back then picking where to play and where not to play. I need you to know. I understand exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah, I do. Like, you kind of just. You guys were a cannon. You just knew where to fucking point it. Yeah. You didn't get all meticulous with your Rugers and you're all like, I'm like, I keep using analogies. I do understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers was all about this big wacky show right. back in the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah. still, even that band, like we opened for the Chili Peppers in 85, right? At the UCLA. Everybody was so good, though. Like, Everybody they bummed. They were good. Like, like Hanoi Rock, like all those L.A. bands. Hanoi from Finland were great. I mean, they made Janey a... Janie was just, the, they were all, all the front men were like, front men. Yeah. Cinderella not so much but whatever and you had like Motorhead you had like the okay uh, there's the barometer over. right it always, it's always Motorhead it's always like Black Flags My War it's certain records that you don't go like that. you had your, your touchstone records um, uh, but my point to uh, I longest guess longest chapter in your book by the way your uh, must have records oh yeah yeah fucking beautiful nice and I left out so many. You know, of course, of course. you get done with that and you're like, oh, I forgot. Um, so, the point B, so none of the songs were particularly hard to re-pick up. I mean, I did my... Before we started rehearsing, I, I, I spent four weeks in my basement with, with our songs. you think anybody else in the band did that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Slash did. We were texting each other like, oh, oh my God. What is, Jesus. You, you know, think Martin Chambers did it, hoping for a call? Martin, <laughs> I mean, give it that's, up. wow, that's deep. Um, you could be the drummer, but you got to lose the kit with the giant spider. Hey, man, spider's my thing. <laughs> okay, call thing. Matt. Then, yeah, I mean, great drummer, uh, fantastic drummer. Yeah. All I have to do is, it, so that's a true story. Yeah, he came in with a, uh, a yeah, big, drum. like crab and spider drum kit. Did we talk about this, or did I write I about it, this? I think it was Steve Lillywhite yeah. who told me this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't know who the original drummer was going to be after Stephen Adler. It was going to be Martin Chambers. I'm like, from the Pretenders? Yeah, yeah. I don't think of him as this great drummer, but he's perfect. Slash had gone out and saw some gig, like, because we were, we were, we were stuck drummer. in a bind. We were looking for a drummer, man. And he saw Martin Chambers play. And then Martin, yeah, brought in a, this big drum kit. <laughs> and that story. 
And we, you know, we had just gotten rid of like all of Steven's extra drums, so we were just looking like for a small drum kit, play like snare, maybe a rack tom, a couple floor toms, crash, ride, hi hats. That's it, cowbell. You gotta have a cowbell. Need um, more cowbell. You gotta have a cowbell. What happened to Martin Chambers? Oh, Martin Chambers. So that's a true just story. The out. listeners, oh sorry, don't know this. Oh, oh. Uh, so he was going to be your drummer. Well, he came into to, to audition. He came into like he's perfect, right? It's got to be Martin Chambers, and right. but he brought in this drum kit that was like a. Don't look towards the sky. You just looked towards the sky. It's a drum kit that was like it was. Like, no, it was, and they kept bringing in stuff, and it was um, it was this big, huge drum kit with like look, it's supposed to be an octopus or something. I'm not sure. So he's got an octopus like drum kit, and how big is this thing like? I just remember it being really, really massive, like dwarfed all Did you ever have to walk around it on stage? <laughs> no, I didn't. We never played a gig, but it was up on this drum riser, and it was just, it really, we're at mate, we're at our rehearsal, where we rehearsed. Like, so Slash got like a half stack, and, you know, uh, <laughs> Izzy's got a half stack, and I have like my, my bass rig, which is like 215, you know, not, not much. We rehearsed with... Half stacks and stuff. Yeah, he's got the Mr. Microphone from Radio Shack. He's got a, got a microphone, then a microphone go. stand, then this uh, really massive drum kit. What color was the octopus? I don't remember, and I'm I'm a little oh, huge challenged. Are you really? I am. <clears throat> so I'd be the wrong guy to ask. So who colors. has to tell Martin Chambers, "Hey, uh, this is cool and all, but the kit's got to go." And the Martin Chambers like, does he is he defiant? Or because it is, no, I he, guess it. I, I, I think I don't he, know a soul that knows a. You're a musician, keep in mind. And this is me, JJ speaking, not my friend Doug. Yeah. You're in the clear. I don't know a soul that knows who Martin Chambers is, unless you go, he's the drummer from the Pretenders, which is probably good for a rhythm section guy. He'll take it. Or oh, that he has a guy named Octopus Kid. No, <laughs> like, no, you know, he, I, I, Martin Chambers is a, an amazing... He's a perfect drummer. I've said it three times. He's yeah. perfect. Amazing drummer. You want to know about this drum kit? Well, the guy has an art, like, so... He Did somebody have, say to him, like, hey, when we go on the road, we're not going to have an extra U-Haul truck for your kid? We didn't make it that far. We, we, okay. it, we did two songs in rehearsal. I got and, it. And we were done. So then Matt Sorum, what band was he? Was he we went through a bunch Dolphins of drummers. We, went, we, we tried out a bunch of drummers. Uh, this guy, Adam Maples, who was in, um, oh, man, what was the band? Um, damn it. Uh, 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 Falling James. Do you remember that band? No, Adam Maples. Who else? Who uh, from like? Did you cherry pick from other bands? Did you call Chad? No, we did didn't want to steal anybody's drummer. The, that was our thing. Like, there's there's honor among musicians. Like, you don't, don't steal. tell the faces. <laughs> okay, in our, in, in our band, we didn't want to steal somebody else's. They've taken drummer. money. Yeah, right. Um, so God. we were just like Adam back Maples. then. Was, I don't think there was internet or anything yet, right? So you we were like we're. Just going out to gigs and like watching guys play, get, looking on the back of like our address books, like is we got anything under drummer, you know, like some guy I met somewhere. Um, and then Slash and I went to to um, and Kenny Aronoff. I just saw him at Dave Grohl's fiftieth birthday. Kenny Aronoff goes, "Do you remember you and me and Slash went and saw the Cult?" I'm like, "Wait, Kenny Aronoff, you were with us then?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, you guys were hammered." And I, I helped you guys in and out of the car and stuff. And he goes, I should have. You guys were looking for a drummer. I don't know why I didn't just leave my thing and become your drummer then. Because Kenny and I and Slash is just on Iggy's record together. Right? So Kenny's with us. Apparently, I just, I forget things. He was with us that night. And we saw the Colt play at Universal Amphitheater. 
<clears throat> last, la- last gig of their tour, there's this drummer that's playing with them, and, and he's amazing. And they don't have the same drummer all the time? No, they were, no we opened for them in 87. They had a different drummer. So they'd gone through a it few drummers. It blew my mind. We yeah. opened for the Colt in 87, which yeah. makes perfect sense because 88's when... Uh, yeah. It we broke. opened for the Cult. We opened for Alice Cooper. We opened for Iron Maiden. We opened for Motley Crue. By the we, way, uh, if you got to go on after Iron Maiden, offer to open. I don't want you going on after fucking rhyming Ancient Mariner. You can't follow Maiden. It's like following Tenacious D. And this is when nobody knew who we were going across Canada, opening for Maiden, and we, we were called but punk rock faggots and all kinds of stuff. You know, the yeah, Maiden crew, the Maiden fan, and the punk rock people were calling you butt rock. They were all mad that you weren't in the farts and. Up Banging out the TSOL and the. This is still in between when the. Okay. Uh, right, I, yeah, we. I, I don't. I, I don't think we ever fell into that too too hard. We we were just our own thing. But you are your own thing. By yeah. the way, you guys are absolutely. At, when you were talking earlier about being on tour in these different countries, and we were talking about, you know, the circle of fifth, and we just played. We knew not to play this and that. I'm just like. In my mind, I just keep picturing Guns N' Roses t-shirts and how often I see them and how iconic the logos are. Because it was going to be, I think, the Robert Williams painting. It was. But it wouldn't have suited you guys because the other stuff is cooler. And yeah, it's it w- cooler. Than, and Robert Williams is the guy. But you guys are so iconic so quickly. It's impossible, but it's not. Like I don't know any band that has so few studio albums that are that magnificent. And that enormous, yeah. and earned, not like bullshit. Like, hey, like I don't like the Eagles. Like they bug me. Like we were the greatest band in the world. You guys suck. I'm mad Joe Walsh joined you. Like you fucked up James Gang, you dicks. You know what I mean? I don't get funk. I don't get funk fifty because of you dicks. That's a deep cut for you, buddy. No, I, no, no. I grew up on James Gang. We had the real, real tape yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, like you guys were, and are like holy shit. Like, while we're talking, like, you and I have been friends a while. Like, I love you. Like, you're my guy. Yeah. And I'm just sitting the magnitude of what you guys accomplished with the amount of fucking shit you're going through personally in turmoil. Yeah. Yeah. That's how great the music is. Yeah. That- what song surprised you in the rehearsals? Like, I didn't realize how fucking great this is. I there, mean, you know it's there was, great. There was some songs, and... and the... the I, I was like, I was just like, wow, you know, we wrote these songs. We were like, because I have kids of my own now, right? And I'm watching them grow up. I'm like, well, we wrote these songs when we were 21 years old, 20 and 21 and 22, and some of them pretty wow. deep. And Axel had, you know, he had November Rain. Like when I met him in '85, he had like How old the beginning ish. How old are you guys then? He's got. I, he was probably twenty-two. I was twenty-one. Uh, yeah, but he had like the, he knew he had this three-chord thing, and he was singing to it. We didn't record it until ninety, right? But that was eighty-five. But he had. That's an enormous wow. song. Yeah, that's an enormous it's a, it's a big arena rock, man. Just like in the heart in that song and all of that and the maturity. A lot of people under tables. In the video. A lot of people under tables. That, that was me under the table. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Um, what but song, uh, I, I, what song made you go? Fuck, this is blistering. There's there was a few. I mean, I, especially the the month before when I'm in my basement by myself with my 
little bass amp and my bass and I'm sitting down I got my little like a blaster thing and I'm and I'm playing the songs right and I'm going through these songs I'm going through Jungle I'm going through it just goes from Appetite to the Lies records and then through all of Illusions like I'm learning everything uh, the covers that we used to play I'm just learning everything and listening to like live stuff For, first time that I've gone back and listened to any guns I never listen to records I make after I'm done I'm done so I, I didn't go in the meantime and listen to Appetite or Illusions Probably Record. Probably common, though. Like Probably Steve common. Probably told me yeah. that like, when the crows were like, this is really good. Oh, yeah. this is us. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so there was some stuff I would text, you know, Slash, because I knew he was doing the same thing in his, in his little jam room. And we were talking about different parts. Like, how the hell did we come up with that? That's a, with the weirdest change around. Uh, but it works. The weirdest change you just said? The weirdest, weirdest change around. Like, if you listen to Jungle, it's got like nine different yeah. parts in the song. Rocket Queen and uh, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, Rocket Queen. There's like two different songs. Like, and there's another one I'm forgetting. But Rocket like, Queen goes to this outro that is not it's the first the part of the best. song. Yeah. And it, it's, it, you can't live without it. So, yeah, the change around. Like, you guys were fucking advanced. And it, and we, kids. we were just kids and 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 so i i got a lot of, you know i had a lot of respect for us as a band as i as i was pre-rehearsing all this stuff and then when when axel came in to rehearse and then when we played our shows wow. what he's done to his voice i mean he was always like the first time i saw him sing but i was just punk rock kid from from seattle and i saw him sing in 84 late 84 and he had, he was like Rollins, like, but he had this vocal range that was but singing, but singing, but he had the inten- the intensity of Rollins, yeah. but he could sing and he had like this d- dual voice thing it would yeah, be a low yeah. and a high thing at once, and I'm, and I'm, and this isn't some you, sure he's born with certain gifts singing wise, but he works his ass off at like. Uh, you know, he was doing vocal lessons. He was uh, uh, doing vocal warm ups and warm downs back then. And nowadays, when we go out and play, I'll, he starts his vocal warm ups. He does an hour and a half, pure vocal warm ups. But then we yeah. we play three and three and a half hours at altitudes too. Like sometimes at altitudes, yeah. Central American gigs, La Paz. That's yeah. 12, only twelve thousand feet. Oh, you're good. No piece of piece of pork. Got only have four strings. Yeah, I mean, I'm it's, cruising. It's a piece here. of cake. Piece That's of cake. I'm gonna die. Yeah, um, but uh, the guy has become a master, and I, I really started to appreciate the guys that that I was playing with. Slash, you know, like his all he does is play guitar all day long. You know, <laughs> he gets up, goes to the gym, and just starts playing guitar all the way to, up to the gig, and then plays the guitar. And he gets so lost sometimes. We have this part of the set where he does a guitar solo; it's just him on stage, and he gets lost in himself. Lost in what he's doing. That's the, his purest form of communication. Yeah. He's not a guy who will... He, he sits down and talk to you and talk for a while, but he's a man of few words. And his words are all through his guitar. And there's times his guitar solo will just keep going. And I don't want to stop him. The, the, the cue is when we come out on stage and start playing this thing, and then he'll come back... <laughs> Come back to us, slash, you know, and you know, really. But this he's time got, he's got to go. He's got to do the space travel. He's got to get out there. That's what makes him. Sometimes it's been like twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes. Just yeah. let him go. 
And, and it's so like he and he carries a crowd of fifty thousand people along this journey. It's not just this guitar yeah, solo. Yeah, it's not gratuitous. He's slash. Like when I saw Van Halen with Sammy Hagar, like everybody had a solo. I'd need to hear Michael Anthony for twelve minutes. You don't need a bass solo. Period. No, you I'm, I love Michael Anthony. I saw, except Black Sabbath. I saw the, this last tour, and Geezer had a bass solo, and I loved it. I loved it. He played in the box. He didn't play anything technically gnarly, but there's Geezer Butler playing. That's balls to play a bass solo, and it was good. I'm like, we I'm played. into this. Is he one of your favorite basses? I, you know, he, I guess you know what. That's a dumb question. I he like is. Dick. He's like iconic. He's just so like who are you, Duff. You're a bassist. What other bassists? Yeah. Who really gets you going? Any the, pranks on set? The thing is, yeah. Any <laughs> What kind of hijinks you guys up to? Like. Yeah. Um, well, you said you guys were speaking the language of music together. That's when you guys did your best communicating. Yeah. Last time you were on the podcast, you were talking about when you sat in with Janes and toured with them, right? And you went, I think it was Perry's house, and you didn't say a word for a week. You just kind of looked around, and you told me you were a little, in a good way, spooked. Because you're like, these guys haven't spoken, but they keep speaking. Yeah. Like, Perry and fucking Navarro and Perkins were just, they just would move something to the side. You look at any other side. They were just this, like, hive without talking. Yeah. So that's what made me think that... What you were saying about you guys do your best speaking musically. Yeah, and James does too. You know, I mean, like when I, all of the other extracurricular stuff and their long history of of good and bad, and there has been some some stuff that I was totally unaware of that was you know like lawsuits or whatever was going on within the band. But I, I got we played our first show. It was a little show. Uh, so either the Roxy or above the, the what's the, the Avalon now? Not the Palace, the Avalon. We played like this thing, and Perry came out, and he was such the real thing, like scary and yeah. And, there's and a little real. sense of malevolence to him on stage, and I loved. It. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm on stage playing with this guy. This is the Perry. I I know this guy. I've seen him play, and and I'm actually to his left right now. Uh, if I, you know, when I saw them a couple times, when I saw them at the Ritz in Manhattan, like right before, they, like three weeks later, they broke up. Right when Ritual came out, if he told us, "Let's go to the police department and pull that desk sergeant over his fucking desk," we all would have went and died. Yeah, like it was crazy. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Like the mal- when they come in with like start with up the beach, which is ballsy to start with a fucking instrumental. Yeah. Like every show, and you're like, we're in, like, yeah. just going to orbit. But yeah, like, he's. I saw them in New York once, and there was a riot at the Spectrum in Philly, and they shut down the show. And he's like, guess what happened to us last night? And the band's trying to get him to shut up, like, because we kept talking and talking. So they're like, you know, not that melodic, the lead singer's talking. It's like, like, they're jamming to drown him out. And he goes, you guys really want me to get in the groove, huh? I'm in the groove. He went up to each guy and like, I'm in the groove. And he's like, we were in a riot, but it's not our fault. And he keeps talking and talking. And he goes, you guys wouldn't riot. I'll prove it. We're going to leave you now. And he fucking walks off stage and Navarro follows him. And fucking Eric Avery goes. And I'm like, if Perkin gets up, we got a problem. Because Perkin seems the most sane. Yeah, yeah. And Perkin stayed put. It was like six minutes. 
And people are getting fucking edgy. Hammerstein Ballroom. He comes back out. He goes, you didn't riot? Because you're better people than Philadelphia. You got, you got more museums than they do. But your head's just as soft when it hits concrete. Pick his leg to the slaughter. I was like, Whoa. oh my God. Like, who the fuck thinks that way? It was just the fucking, like when Slash has to come back. Yeah. That was just them coming back. Like, yeah. But he's like, I wouldn't want to fight Perry. <laughs> Great cellmate, but I wouldn't want to fight him. Which, Uh, but do you see the similarity between the bands, like the the bass-driven power? That's all, I I attribute that all to... um, Is that the the location of where you old guys were? No, there was a, because there was the post-punk, like, killing joke. There There was Motorhead... Bass was a featured thing, like even throughout the Clash and 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 the, the punk rock stuff, and the, the post punk thing, like bands like Magazine and and Killing wow. Joke, and wow. yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, if you notice Magazine, that's where I totally got my chorus sound that I used all to still do it was from the bass player in Magazine, which Howard Devoto, who was in the Buzzcocks, was a singer for. Wow, you know the uh. band. I know the band, but now I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, your magazine was great, man. Of you getting, like, influenced by the bases from magazine. Well, I was like, what is that sound? I would ask that, because there was a guy in Seattle who knew, like, pedals and things, right? I'm like, how does, he get that, how does he get that sound? He goes, that's a chorus pedal. I'm like, I want a chorus pedal. All right, well, How do you get a chorus pedal? When you put your seatbelt on, we're going to drive to the pumpkin patch first. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Get your chorus pedal, bud. Yeah. Have an ice cream, pal. And uh, so you asked, like, favorite bass players. Since I kind of grew up um, playing in bands, I played guitar and I played drums. drums and, I, and I was a bass player, too. I didn't really particularly, like, flow to any one person that influenced me. When I started playing bass in anger, like, for real, in, in guns, that's when I had to, um, like, okay, J- Jamerson, you know, uh, uh, Larry Graham, uh I don't know who these guys are. Larry Graham, uh, uh, Sign the Family Stone. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, James Jamerson did all the Motown s- s- What's sessions. What's Slice Bass's name? Uh, Larry Jam- Graham. Wow. Maybe uh, the most underrated band yeah. of all time. Prince. Prince's bass playing. But Paul Simonon also. Lemmy, I would listen to, the, you know, I'm like, I started listening to wow. all this. Killing Joke, I'm like, uh, and Randy Rampage from DOA. You know, okay, that's that's what I want to... That's how I want to throw down, and 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 I did just kind of quick. Um, and I was influenced by drummers as a bass player, and you know Stephen and Adler and I working together, like really learning our craft together, influenced each other. How what kind of rhythm section? But we we play along the cameo, you know, and you know just to get that rhythm down, and that's a drum machine cameo, yeah. that word up record. You know, we would play along to that. Drum machines have no soul. But it, would, but it had a backbeat to it. They knew how to program that yeah. thing, and it had a, this cool backbeat. You, you can Bro, hear... You had us all a cameo, Duff. You don't explain the greatness of fucking cameo. Okay, but you, if I you listen to Appetite... When and Anger, you said. Yeah. I wrote that down. That just fucking blew my mind. Yeah. Did it? When I started playing... Yes, look. Yeah. That's I'm like one of notes. the greatest quotes of all time. But when I started playing bass and anger... Yeah. Like, for real. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And when you mentioned Lemmy, I'm like, I don't know if anybody, he has no peers. Like, 
it, it, it's like it's like holding an Uzi. Like yeah. that doesn't even do it justice. An Uzi seems contained. Yeah, it does. A little small. It's just like I can't explain it. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It, it's Uzi's just, got a clip. That means it's, it's going to end at some point. Let me never <laughs> will. Fuck yeah! Right. Duff. This album tenderness was going to be a book. Okay. Instead, it's an album. So these travels, I'm writing. I, I I'm, could I'm, talk to you. No. For 16 hours. But I want you to focus on tenderness. Yeah. Because what struck me about when I first heard tenderness, it, it's like a torch song. Like, in a great way. It, it's like, um, you know, like Rod Stewart puts out like his standards. Yeah. Or, and I'm like, you fucking hack, you billionaire hack. <laughs> like Buster, whatever his name is from Stray Cat. Uh, uh, David Johansson became whatever. New York Dolls, Buster Poindexter. And I'm like, God, these guys are making money. They're printing it hand over fist by covering the Gershwin catalog or whatever. And I'm like, Duff just wrote like a standard and it's beautiful. And then the next song I heard was Chip Away. Like I told you, it sounded like a Bowie song. Corey this morning goes, it sounded like the Stones a little bit. I'm like, but they both kind of sounded country western. And that really surprised me. Like both songs kind of twanged in a great way. And it completely surprised me. Yeah, the, I, I think my intent, once, once I, had a, I had this, I'd written this thing. It said, everyone, everybody's lying. I need some truth. Everybody's trying to push, push you to their views. And I was going to just, that was going to be the beginning of a column I was going to write. And this was from the news, watching the news, and, and, and just everybody screaming and yelling. And we were out on the road. I had acoustic guitar with, with me, which I always carry. And I played this E major chord into an A. Yeah, everybody's lying. I need some truth. Everybody's trying to push you to abuse. And that was the first time I thought of putting these words to, to, to music. And the, where I was going was Mark Lanigan's first couple records, that, those acoustic records. Um, very, very barren, beautiful records. And I was going toward that. When I had about eight songs... My manager suggested Shooter to produce Shooter a record. Jennings. Shooter Jennings, a guy I've known since he moved here to LA in 2001. Guy I really like, really respect him musically. Uh, I have no history in country and western at all. I have no, except for Johnny Cash. Everybody loves Johnny Cash, and I watched the Elvis thing on HBO. You know, <laughs> the, you know, but but my history. I'm not gonna lie. I have no. No, well, yeah, uh, I mean that's touchstones there. I kind of knew that without yeah. knowing it. That's why I'm like, this guy's fucking even more talented than we think. But we we used so once I started, I brought the song. Shooter had my shitty little demos I make on my computer, and he he really fell in love with the songs. And I went to his house. We I had acoustic guitar, he had a piano, and we we kind of came up with arrangements for the songs. And he goes, what? Why don't we try using my band? Which is Aubrey Richmond. She plays fiddle, sings these great backup vocals. Uh, John, his guitar player, John, who also plays pedal steel guitar, that laying down guitar thing. Yeah, yeah. And drummer Jamie. How dare you? Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know. And uh, we went in and cut three tracks. Who with... played washboard? <laughs> who played kazooie wax paper? So we we purposely tried to keep not, and, and we were referencing like ELO. And Paul McCartney's, like this 80s record that Paul McCartney made, Temporary Secretary, is a song 
my daughter Grace turned me on to. I'm like, I never knew this album existed. Grace is hip, man. Grace is super hip. And uh, speaking of Killing Joke, Walking yeah. Papers opening for Killing Joke, right? Pink Slips. Oh, Walking Papers is your band. Yeah. No, I'm not really interested in them as much as I am Pink Slips. My, Grace's band, bad. they're opening for Killing Joke, which is so cool for me because that's one of my favorite bands. It's cool for me. I've never met her. Like, it's, yeah, it's fucking cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So they start in New York. They play Manhattan, Brooklyn, you know, Chicago, do the whole thing. Uh, they're coming to L.A. But I'm, I'm really proud of her. Like, and she recognizes Killing Joke as an important band. And she's 21. You know May is my favorite, though. May's my daughter, May. Yeah, she's yeah. my favorite. She, she's cool. We always talk about Grace. May, you yeah, May, No, May gets... May's, uh, she's like that... Hit the road, she, Grace. She's that generation of the kids now, the 18-year-old kids who are quiet and smart. And they're already five steps ahead of you. Sounds like a guy I know sitting across from me. <clears throat> nah, man. Her and all her friends, uh, they're, they're smarter than all of us. And uh, hopefully... You know, the good thing is... This, this country and this world was going to get in, inherited by this new group of young kids who are pretty goddamn smart. And they got it, got it going on. And uh, hey, so making this your, record... The, the, your demos had that country twang when you handed them over to Shooter. No, no just way. acoustic. Just acoustic. Um, no singing? Me singing. Acoustic guitar and me singing. those had that, that in it? Not, not necessarily. I mean, they were just... Uh, I don't know if you're, you're hip with like Mark Lanigan's first couple records, acoustic. I actually I wrote it down because I, yeah. I haven't heard them, and I've been obsessed with Mark Lanigan for a long time. Put, listen to yourself, A Little River Rise. Okay. And, I'm uh, also obsessed with... Um, and You're Welcome. River Rise. Thank you. And you're coming welcome. from you, man, I get it. Yeah. River Rise? The River Rise, yeah. And I've also been... I tried, I tried to go all in on Josh Homme, like... How do you bring Mark Lanigan on tour and use him for three fucking songs in an hour? Like, you got balls on you. Yeah. And Lanigan's like, cool with it. And the songs are, per- like, in the fade. It's like, yeah. Like, this could be you too. Did you go to the Troubadour show, that first show? Were you there? No. Oh, I'm out that- making fucking money at Indian casinos where they sell fireworks. Right. Yeah, hey. Did hey, you- everybody, how you doing? You can't fly home with those fireworks. That's the bummer thing about it. <laughs> Not, it, 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 they don't yeah. know about it. <laughs> oh. Uh,. Um, but anyhow, so so uh, got man shooter and, and going in and recording that record with shooter and us getting those sounds and and shooter's real vision for crafting instruments that to, that that uh, had helped illuminate the words of, of and the intent of a song and it was it's, his keyboards are really important his on yeah, this album like, his keyboards really great. dude that guy the way he plays it's kind of like a Lanois yeah it, it's more like a, a landscape it's not like, like it's not like ELO right you know and right. it's not like fucking roundabout like I'm the guy on the fucking bass that's kicking shit out man yeah. it's like it's like I haven't heard a bass line and the keys, I had to go back. Like, Navarro does that great, like, Ted Just Admit It, where he's just... He kind of rolls right. in like a yeah. fucking storm. You're like, something spooky's going on. Yeah. And, like, Lanois does a lot. Like, Willie Nelson Teatro. Yeah. Lanois just... And that's how I felt, like... Shoot, this this might be, like, Shooter's, like, coolest thing, I think. First of well, all, he's he, producing your solo record, and you're my friend. So I'm like, way to go, Shooter. No. Okay, you can speed through my town. You're good. Yeah, and he, well, well he and David Cobb had just Dave Cobb had just done the Brandy Carlisle record, and Brandy is a friend of mine. She's from Seattle. I played with her a couple of times. I know how talented she is, 
in this record, I'm hearing how good it is, but I can't listen to it because I'm making a record with Shooter, and I don't want to compare what I'm doing with Brandy's record that's becoming this hit sensation, this song, The Joke. I'm hearing all about it. I'm like, I can't listen to it until we're done with the record. You don't want to be influenced? You don't, don't want to be... No, I don't want to be influenced by Brandy's record. I'll tell you, the minute we got done with the last mix, it was a Friday night, I got home and bought her record on iTunes and listened to the whole thing on headphones. Where do you listen to a whole out? Where does Buff McKagan go? Kitchen table. And people just leave you alone in your house when the headphones on? I got headphones in? on, man. I'm yeah, listening. that kids are always respectful my kids, are, my, One of my kids is in New York and called him. We're, we're empty nesters, man. That's what she tells you, though, man. Yeah. She's right behind you in the kitchen bugging you. Right. Not what I'm talking about. Yeah. God's not around, that line. And, uh, that's Tenderness, hilarious. yeah. The deals we made on Temple Grounds. God's not around. Yeah, I, it just... I remember I was on the 405 right at the 90. I'm like, the son of a bitch. He, he crushed it. Yeah. It's so simple. It's great. And Chip Away to me just sounded like Bowie. Those were the two that really I was like, Duff, my man, I'm proud of you. I mean, I'm always proud of you because of the guy you are. But I just... Like, Duff's doing a solo album. Like, when the rumbling started going, I'm like, well, good, he should. And then when I heard it, I'm like, my bro. Let's do yeah. some fucking push-ups in the dojo, man. Thank you, yeah. I ain't bullshit neither. And, uh, and, and to clarify that line, that, not, you know, uh, that particular line in tenderness. What would uh, Perry say? Don't, don't couch this. It's a yeah. great line. Okay, good. You're talking about it's a great. Nobody's yeah. gonna call you out. Yeah, I guess if you can't figure out that line, then the moment you apologize, yeah, that's when I, I they would, go, wouldn't, wouldn't be apologetic. He's wounded. Get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's it mean? Be like Tom York and Radiohead. It means uh, nothing. It's garbage. It's gobbledygook. <laughs> okay. Like hey, Tom, you should have a better Thank time. You. I will learn. I'll, I won't ever explain that line. Um. Yeah, my cards are laid. I'm in the game. And uh, yeah, they're just. I just like the way you write, I, and I'm I'm a prick when it comes to lyrics. I'm like, oh, somebody's reading a seventh grade poetry. This guy's a jerk. I would no. I was very careful on, on the lyric writing. I, I I I kind of went back to the economy of words I've read, like it was yeah. Cor- Cormac McCarthy, and I made sure Blood Meridian. Economy of words is seven hundred fucking pages. But the but you Thank read. Thank God it. I was in Kauai. Love that book. I liked it One a lot. One of my all-time favorites. Like blew it and just sucked its dick for three years on me. And then by the time I opened it, I'm like, here we go. I'm like, yeah. I like James and the Phantom Tollbooth better when I was in fifth grade. I liked it a lot. Blood Marin, one of my favorite books ever. But, but, but the way he chooses words. I agree. You know what I'm saying? He, he has no word in there. Like, why did you use that stupid-ass word? You're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Do you remember the band Judge? It was a punk band. I'm not sure where they were no. from. No. No. I don't know anybody that has. So went to the MTV. For the listeners, Duff and I nerded out on punk bands. And I missed that fucking TSOL show. I, I, I did. I texted <sighs> Jay Moore and I said, dude, I have two tickets for TSOL at the Roxy. Let's mm. go. And then he so said, I'll be in Winnipeg. I'll be in the skaters laugh. <laughs> yeah. So I w- I've seen TSOL twice in a month now. And I saw Fear with the original band uh, five weeks ago. Okay. Amazing. Me and you were doing a bro date. Because fucking Danzig and uh, Jerry are going out. I saw Danzig was at TSOL the other night. GD was sitting at a at a at a. Uh, Corey, do me booth. a favor. 
um, start my truck, but don't open the garage door. I'm <laughs> asleep in there this afternoon. Let's go, to, go see Danzig. But where, where's this bank the arena? Do you bank. know? Some bank one arena. Spank bank. Is that the one out in like Ontario? We have to go to Ontario or somewhere? That actually sounds right. It's yeah. like a hockey place. Yeah. Will you look up? Are they going out as misfits? Or I think so, yeah. Jer- Jer- Glenn and Jerry. No, I think it's <laughs> misfits. Cause what a couple of herbs. These are like dude, as spooky as fucking hard charging dudes. I wear Glenn and Jerry. <laughs> it's like a puppet act that goes on after the Beatles. But yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. My walking music, if I was a fighter, would be uh, Where Eagles Dare. Like that. Oh, shit, here he comes. What would your walking music be if you were you? Jeez, oh my God. Walking music. Wait, wait, misfits? No, any song in the world. My War. You're one of them. You say that you're my friend, but you're one of them. Them. That's obviously your favorite song by them. By uh, Black Flag. Not necessarily, but if you, I, did. I love Liar, man. His solos. Is oh, yeah. Like, that great. song was fucking bananas. You want to know why? Because I'm a liar. It's <laughs> like, whoa, yeah, he's a great man. Well, he was kind of calling us all out, right? Because that, you know, that kind of. picking up chicks in Manhattan in the early 90s, like, <laughs> I'm your best friend. You want to know why? Because I'm a liar. <laughs> um, pick three stone songs oh, boy. that aren't covered that need to be covered. That aren't covered. Or, I mean, they could be covered, but, like, Three Stones songs that, like, if, if you, somebody said, like, here's the thing, the record company needs you to put Three Stones covers on your album. Not this album, because this is a very specific standalone album. It's almost, it sounds almost like a concept album, but it's not. I don't not. know, Sway. This I mean, Nebraska. Sway, I love you. Right? Who's the guitarist for Fruit Fighters that came in late? He was on the podcast. Shit. Chris? Chris. Schiffler? Yeah. Yeah. Him and I went nuts on Sway. Like, I couldn't believe we kept loving the same things. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. It was like, I got the blues at the same time. We go, you know, it's Keith's favorite Stone song. Like, we were talking at the same time, like Creepy Twins. Yeah. And then when he said Sway, I just stood up from the table, like, I'm going to marry this guy who doesn't get the hell out of here. Yeah, sway. yeah, Sway's bananas. Yeah. Destroying your notion of what it's circular time. And that's, oh, do you know this? When Mick Taylor put the guitar down for Sway, and then Keith came in the next day, he just sat in there for like 40 minutes and took the headsets off and he walked out. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And fingerprint file too, because Mick Taylor did all fingerprint fingerprint file. Keith walked in, listened to him, like, well, where where do you says, put where do you okay. put it? We're good. Like, where do you put anything? Where do I guess you we're it? good. Yeah, yeah. And fingerprint file, Mick Taylor's like out of his fucking mind. And the same thing happened. And Keith goes, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play bass. He did like, that a lot. What do you tell Bill? And they go, no, Bill's over on the Moog. Bill wants nothing to fucking do with the bass line because it was too crazy because it's like a six and a half minute song. But like four minutes in, the bass just goes, it's like all, he's like, you know, we ain't talking alone, baby. Who's listening? I don't really know, but you better tell the SIS to keep out of sight. Yeah. Shoot first. It's like this weird fucking like. There's a great song. There's a it's, great It's one of my all time songs. Okay, there's the, okay you Shoot just named first. it. Um, and the, so Keith, Keith played Keith played bass on Sympathy for the Devil. Keith too. played bass because Bill Wyman was on the Moog synthesizer, and then Keith goes, "I don't know what the hell's going on." And Mick Taylor, this this guy quit the fucking Stones. Mick Taylor goes, "No, I I have the bass line. Like that's Mick Taylor's bass line, like in that kooky." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, 
Yeah. You know, we ain't talking alone. Who's listening? That was a band that wasn't afraid to experiment around and, and sometimes people play, to a people horrible play. detriment. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Uh, Sway, fingerprint. I don't want to influence your. Choice. No, that was good. I, I mean, yeah. You, I think you it, got it, happy. That's. A, I, I was gonna say, dude. After Sway, I was gonna say happy because dude, you're my brother. All right. Have you ever kept a dollar past sunset? Yeah, yeah. Um, my man, who's your favorite Muppet? I don't know who the Muppets which, 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 I'm sorry Peter sorry. Noonan I think is one of the Muppets uh, Duff McKagan's album go buy it and let me tell you guys something there's people that come on the podcast and I'm friendly with them and I'm like this is my guy this is my guy I texted you you guys were in South America for like a month yeah a couple <laughs> you're times like, you're like no, yeah and then like you know like, like buddies like we'll go three four months without texting I'll be like my man I got a show coming up you're like Back in Peru, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just keep... I did make one show, though. Or two. I made the show. You oh, no. Did. You're, you're good. I've seen you do now. Because Jerry and I came saw, and, and saw oh, you play. Control came. That's that right. night you did all new material. That's everything. That's when you... That's ju- that was a... And then... I did my special in that room. Room's great. I but you're, we saw you the first night you did a whole new kind of shtick. Uh, all new material. Shtick. Is that, sorry. Am I no, trying to be no, like no. comedy talk? No, no, it's fine. Um, and then when I saw, when I brought Susan and saw you at the Melrose, he's, I think we saw you. That was also a brand new set. Cantrell and I saw you two nights before the great Super Bowl that Seahawks won. We saw you in New York. We landed. You had texted. We are at JFK. Oh, right. You're like, I'm playing a set in New York. Are you guys here? I, I said, awesome, we just, I yeah, I was like, we awesome. just touched down. It was like 23rd Street on Gotham. We came straight from JFK. That's and right. Saw you, you had a table set up for, for us. You had some guy say, you guys hungry? Yeah, we are, actually. Billy Hayes. We, oh, we, we, we have cheeseburgers. Cantrell loves the cock. Duff oh. loves the cock. My friend Billy's almost got like Tourette's from Brooklyn. Big Billy. <laughs> yeah. Every um, night is about 22 minutes where I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's like taking a skateboard downhill. Where you're like, I gotta fucking jump off and start jogging. Or you go... Or I ride this fucker all the way to the bottom of the hill. And that's just what I keep doing. Yeah. When I started doing comedy angry, <laughs> it doesn't work in that anger? way. No, but I'm not doing it in anger. It's just telling the truth. Right. Like, this is all my, this is how fucked up I am. And, like, so what? No, I like the last set that we saw you do. When was that? Six, eight, six, eight months ago? Yeah. Um, and it was really just truth telling. You were, you were telling stories. Well, you, now you are too. Yeah. Like this, this is almost this is like you're in Nebraska. Well, it's a it's a, a way, begin, it's, it's the beginning of I think you know I mean I've well, sent I like this. it's the beginning I love yeah that that. I've sent shooters since we finished this record like 19 more songs because I'm gone down this this rabbit hole of keep going you know of um, they say when you're in a hole stop digging I'm like no because you never know how fucking close you are to hitting that daylight on the other side of that yeah. hole just keep digging like yeah. a crazy person I love that like for Shante yeah. like about a guy that does a solo and goes out when I was at K-Rock Acoustic Christmas or something the Chili Peppers were there yeah. and it was their first time back with John Frusciante he was doing like that Slash solo where you're like Slash go back he was in the dressing room it wasn't even plugged in and he was just gone I'm like that's a guy that Without a guitar in his hand, I don't know if you know how like to do taxes or anything. I don't. Yeah. You guys are more talented than 
anybody can ever be. It's, and like the ease with which you guys get after it. And I know it's repetition, like the 10,000 yeah. hours you guys hit and you're, you guys are 21. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is Chris Berman. Let's not forget. This is what I love about Chris Berman. I'll wrap this up. Chris Berman will do something like really heartfelt. But yeah. then he goes back into a highlight. He's not, he doesn't think, like, I should just fade out the commercial with that beautiful sentiment. He goes, and you know, Tom, our thoughts and prayers go out to Deanna Favre in a very brave battle with cancer. The Raiders! Yeah. You're like, no! <laughs> Stop <laughs> there. flip-flop those, man. <laughs> so your Seahawks are winning the division this year. I'll put that down. Okay. Just love, get me in the draft room, Duff. I'll hook you guys up. If offensive line is a need, it's the need. It's keep, always been the need. Yeah, because you don't take guys in the third round to protect your quarterback. First check's for the house. Second check's for the insurance. You know, even this season that we won the Super Bowl, our, our, our offensive line didn't come together until like the last two Your games. Tackle's name is Fant. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. Run through a motherfucker's face. That's his team. Beast mode, my man. And then I love Marshawn. I mean, and the funny thing is about that that team. Like I still love Michael Bennett. Like I follow him. Okay, Fuck yeah. You know Richard Sherman. I'm following all my guys. Those are still my guys. Criminally underrated receiver. Is it Doug Baldwin is your number one receiver. Yes. He's insane. He's insane. And somebody broke it down. I'm like, we're nerding out now. The podcast is officially over. This is bonus stuff. Put your name on it. Somebody broke it down. Like because Russell Wilson's like five ten. When he throws a bomb to Baldwin, it drops straight down yeah. to the arc, so the defender never has any shot at it. Yeah. It was against, I think, was it against? Oh, Baldwin's insane, and Lockett, the new kid. I mean, they're both insane receivers. I like Vannon. I like the kid you picked up from Ohio State, big-ass tight end. I, I fixed your team on Periscope once. I had a dry erase board upstairs. I was going insane. And I'm like, okay, you know 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends? We're going. Uh, we're going thirty-two personnel. You got three tight ends. You had fucking Luke, Will, Luke yeah. or Owen Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah. why am I doing playing tight end for the Seahawks? What am I doing? Is that? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. uh, six five, two fifty five is crazy. Uh, you had Jimmy Graham, <laughs> and you had Vanek. Like they're all two fifty. Like let them fucking block. And one of these guys you want to see him out. You're good to go. Yeah. I hooked you guys up, bro. Yeah. 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 May 31st, go by tenderness. I put my name on it. And I'm going to tell you something. You, you couldn't be... We're playing some shows. We're playing oh, the- I got those written down. Uh, you and I should never play the same room stuff, and it's kind of alarming a little that one of these we overlapped. Uh, May 31st, you're at the City Winery in D.C., home of Bad Brains, Ja, Rastafari, Joseph. Uh, so in D.C., May 31st, uh, go see Duff. Is it... Duff McKagan, or is yeah. it good? Yeah. Um, uh, June 1st, City Winery in Boston. I played that. It's really fun. Are you playing in Boston that night or something? No, but I'll... I'm but gonna, it's a good room? I'll be at the L-Ray June... Yeah, it's fun. It's kind of like a boxcar. It goes straight back. Okay. There's nothing on your sides. Just just play straight. It's like having blinders on. If you were blind in that room, you'd be real happy. Just so I can't play out. the left or the right side of the room is what you're you saying? You can, but you'll be... Uh, Talking to a curtain. I want all of you on the left side to say hell. I think oh, I tell you what you said more on the right side of the room here to party. Yeah. Tonight. And LA, June 13th, El Ray Theater. I'll be there. You won't be where I'll be. But in review, Panic Attacks, Sensei, Killer Angels, Melissa Reese, Mount St. Helens in your bedroom, uh, Wolverhampton, Cornered Sue, Assed Up, 
Glaswegian intellectual sobriety. Captain, what's his name? Uh, Adam Maples, Kenny Aronoff, magazine. When I started playing bass in anger, and I'm not gonna say anything after that because my man, that was your walk-off shot. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Okay. I love you, brother. Let's go back to the remote control cars. <laughs> Car. <laughs> I can't believe one of the batteries. How does one battery not work? They get put in at the same time. I don't know. Nobody gets. I, I know you don't know. It's rhetorical. You, I, li- I, live with, I live with uh, three girls, and there's, a, uh, you know, there's about 19,000 remote controls in our house. I'm the battery manager of the, the house. It's a great job for us. If my wife looked like your wife and was as cool as your wife, I'd be I'd, I'd volunteer for battery duty. I'm, I'm the battery guy. Need a mouse? But somebody c- keeps getting AAA. We have like a drawer full of what are AAA batteries for any, anymore? Uh, Simon. Besides, like the. <laughs> I got Simon upstairs. Duff McKagan. All right. You're a beauty, my friend. I love you very I love much. You too, man. I know it, and I'm grateful. Duff Go. McKagan, put your name on it. <laughs>